0: Answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years, it's Allworth's Money Matters with co hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with, whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McClain would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH.
1: Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you're here as we're talking about financial matters, both myself and my co-host. We're both financial advisors Certified financial planner, charter financial consultant. We spend our weeks meeting with people like yourself and come here broadcast on the weekends to Virtually. be financial advisors on
2: the air. Yeah, virtual meetings. Virtual meetings. Which there's still meetings. I don't even know if we should call it. You brought up an excellent point, Scott, the other day. I did. Yes. I don't uh, hear that we, very often. We were in a meeting and someone had a had, virtual meeting,
1: by the way. Yeah. Right? And
2: someone had mentioned the term "a uh, socially distance. And social distancing. Social distance. And you, what was your response? I, I said I'm- I hate that term. We got to change it. it. Was
1: a it was in a presentation? Can we call it physical distancing? Anything but other than social distancing.
2: Because we, I'm a social being, we don't want social distancing. We just want We want physical. Distancing. We want physical distancing. <laughs> some some that that that
1: you're seeing some changes in some. But I when we came into the studio this morning, when Pat and I are we're physically distanced here. Um. By the way, in, in some countries, it's three feet, not six
2: feet. But that's it? another
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, if you're five and a half feet, maybe that's okay. I don't know. But um, it said wearing a mask and six feet social distancing. And I thought, I, can we get someone to re- change oh, that in our Oh, in the front in of our, our building. building. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. I haven't been here in a little while. About once a week, come down. Not many people that are working in the buildings. In all, but some no. parts. So we have offices in Atlanta and Dallas and Denver and Cincinnati. Different parts of the country and, are different. Um, all over. Uh, anyway, Michigan, and they're all different. They're all different little protocols. Each from county to county, even. Anyway, we've got a great program lined up today. We're not going to sit and complain about <laughs> the COVID. <laughs> the vid. I
1: actually, you know, it's funny. I told my wife this week, and we will get. Then we'll we'll take calls here in just a moment. 99 worth. And I was, um, I think I was, res- I, I was, I was frustrated the first couple months of this. I think I was frustrated and I've gotten to a point of just kind of accept, of just more acceptance, like, ah, oh, whatever, I can wear a face mask. I was like, whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah. And I think
2: I'm happier about it. Yeah. Well, the way I look at the face mask, I, I am a fan of the Costco. If they told me I had to wear a top hat to go to Costco, I'd wear a top hat. <laughs> Face mask and a top hat. <laughs> That's uh. There's a uh talk show I listened to, and he said just gotta play by the rules of that retailer. Yeah, well, I don't any... it's, their yeah
1: I don't... it's their
2: rules. It's their rules. I don't
1: have that big a problem. I mean, yeah. I, Whatever.
2: All right, let's uh,
1: let's take some calls and get this program going. Let's start off in Sacramento here, talking with Doug. Doug, you're with Worth's Money Matters. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, Doug. I was I was calling. I have
3: my my father inherited a rental property about five years ago and he's wanting to gift it to myself and my brother. And it's not a huge amount of money, but it just curious how the best way to handle that for his, uh, taxes and all of that.
1: Uh, how old's your father? He's 90. How, what's his health like?
2: Uh, it's pretty fair, pretty good actually. And what's the, what did, when he inherited it, what was the value of the property when he inherited it?
3: Uh, proper, approximately it's, uh, I want to say probably 70,000. Then, and what's it worth now? About 120, 130. And who did you
1: inherit it from? His, actually his, his father. Okay. And he received it when his father passed away? Yes. And it was, uh. How old was his father? Was, he lived to be a hundred.
2: And your dad's 90? Yes. So was this 10 years ago or? You said yeah. five years ago, or 10. You said five. Is you it 10? Ten? F- 10. Okay.
1: Okay. Because that would mean that, math, would mean like, that your, math, yeah. <laughs> your great-grandfather <laughs> had a
2: kid when he was 15 is what that would mean in the math.
1: Which is possible. Which is possible. Yeah, it's possible. We were possible. Just- and the reason we're asking is because uh, the taxation is very different on a gift received versus an inheritance when someone passes away.
2: So there's okay. two things that come into play. One is capital gains, and the other is the size of your father's estate. So let's get to the second question first. What is okay. the size of your father's estate? If he well, I just, asked- is
1: it over 11 million dollars? today, no. Okay, is it over no.
2: three million? No. Okay.
1: okay. And Pat asked the three million because you're betting that there could be a change in tax law in the future that brings lowers the exemption amount. I am. I what, would. What, if what, I was a yeah. betting
2: man, I would bet yeah. on that.
1: I uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> so if you if you if he gifts you the property today, you you and your brother will inherit that with a cost basis for tax purposes of seventy thousand. So if you turned around and sold it tomorrow for one twenty, let's say after expenses, then you have a fifty thousand dollar capital gain or twenty five thousand dollar capital gain each.
3: Well, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. So he's actually, I'm, I misspoke. He's selling the property. So he's, he's actually doing that Okay. where he's going to sell it. And then basically the money he gets from that, that's what he's doing. That, I'm sorry. That, okay, that's what he's no doing. worries. So, what's yeah. the,
1: so he sells it. He has a $50,000 capital gain, which he needs to report and pay taxes right. on. And then whatever he gifts to you is free of any taxation.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That's right. But it may make sense, you know, depending upon how long he's going to live, just to hold it until he passes and then there's no capital gains. But that may or may not be a driver. Gotcha. Right. He may not. He may just be tired of dealing with it. He may think that it's going to fall in value.
3: and, And well, and that's part of it is just all that. It's the just kind of streamlining and.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. then like one less one less thing. Yeah. yeah yes. Then then go for it. Go for it, and he can give you what's and- his income like? How high? How much is his income you know, taxable income?
3: Uh, shoot. Uh, I know he's there's just uh, basic social security, and then he's done well. He's pretty comfortable. So I mean, I would say in the neighborhood around fifty, sixty thousand okay. dollars. So a
1: year. He, he's probably going to have a good portion of this capital gain at a ten percent rate. Yeah. So it's not yeah. going to be. It's not going to be too bad. I don't have it in front of me, but it's it's going to be a pretty low rate. Is, and he, he is, he cal- you, is he in California? Yeah. California. Unfortunately, they tax it as ordinary income, but, um,
2: but he can give you any okay. amount he wishes out of his yep. estate. It doesn't really, you, you connected two things together. He can sell it, give you whatever amount he wishes. As long as it doesn't exceed what? eleven million five hundred thousand yeah. or something like that.
3: We're safe. We're safe
1: with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wish, wish well, you Thank you well. very much. Yeah. Glad you call. Wish you well there, Doug. And, um, Let's continue on calls here. 833-99-WORTH is the number. We're in Colorado talking with Jim. Hi, Jim. You're with Worths Money Matters.
3: Good day, guys. How are you? We are wonderful. <laughs> I uh, I listen to you often. My, um, to get to the preliminaries that you guys usually need, my question is about Social Security. Um, I've looked at your website and your informational information. Um, stuff in there about social security. My wife and I are good savers. We've done pretty well and are ready to go out and retire. I'm only 63. My wife's 61. I had a cousin that told me, hey, you need to take social security now, even though you're still working. And I saw the same thing from you all saying, if you're a good saver, even though you're working, take your Social Security now, That's so that you, you can, I guess, get in on you know the um, the system as it is now. My question is, as I work, I make too much money to collect on my um, Social Security because I'm below. My
1: full retirement
2: age. Yeah, that's correct. Age. That's correct. You should not. I don't, when you said that we said you should take Social Security.
1: If you are at your normal retirement age,
2: if you were 68
1: and had a couple million bucks in the bank and were still working, we would recommend take the Social Security.
2: But you're not your normal retirement age or full retirement age. You're younger. And you're
1: still working. So and we you're w-
2: still working. So we would not, that would not be the advice that we would get okay. the advice that so, we would give is you shouldn't even, it's not even a consideration until you, unless you quit working, and unless you quit r- working or you reach full retirement age, which is 67 for you. Yes, 66 yeah. 66
3: and four or whatever, yeah, whatever me. the
2: number is. So how old are you well, now? I'm
3: 63. I'll yeah, be don't, 64. Yeah,
2: don't do it. Yeah. Don't do not take social
1: security don't, now. Don't take social security. Now. Matter of now. fact, they'll take it back from you. So yeah, you could give it to well, them. And then, that's that's kind
3: of my question really is if I take it now, obviously they withhold all of it. How and when do they give it back?
1: When you
2: quit working. When you quit working. So the, the, it, it would almost be like you never signed up for it. It's you, You're not doing yourself any favors. So you're not going to consider it until you separate from employment and your full retirement age. Now, if you separate okay. from employment and you're not – full retirement age, then it may be a consideration to start Social Security. But a consideration. Should, a consideration. Tonight. But you shouldn't even yeah. worry about it till you get there. Okay. it's you, you, well, You're borrowing trouble.
3: Well, I'm trying to avoid trouble that if uh, we have a change in administration and the rules on Social
1: Security change, I want to make sure I'm grandfathered before any of that yeah. happens. Oh, well, don't worry
2: about yeah. I, I don't, that. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't spend any time on that. And you by the way. Can't, I
1: mean, unless you unless you quit working and, and do not quit working only to receive Social Security, that would be a very poor financial planning choice. Oh, but is, is, no. Is, I, so if you're still working, <laughs> you cannot receive Social Security. I mean, you can make 15, 16 grand a year or something like that in wages. That's all you right. can make before you start losing your benefits. Right. So you need well, to wait until what, your full retirement age to consider.
3: I understand. OK, thanks, guys.
1: All right. All appreciate right. the call. Appreciate it, Jim. Are you yeah, By the course. way, are you a, are you an engineer? Uh, as a matter of fact, I am. okay. Wow. <laughs> well, so how would how do we know? <laughs> You're over-engineering this one, Jim.
3: <laughs> <So>. well. <laughs> and and worse worse than that, I'm an engineering manager, so
1: <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you know, we kind of joking here. I love older engineers. I can't stand working with the younger engineers, right? you, Cause do you, you know get... why?
2: Why why, Scott? That you hard young engineers are hard to work with. More mature, older engineers are pretty easy to work with. Why? Yeah, I hope. Well, I think people get <laughs> to the point, they realize they can't, in the,
1: in the world of finances and investments, you just, it doesn't work the same. You can't engineer it the same way you engineer products no, and other things I, you're engineering.
3: My wife would tell you that I sit with my spreadsheets and look at everything <laughs> almost every day and move things around and plan and... And all that, and she she laughs at me because she's just the other way. She doesn't care. She looks at things about once every month or two, if, if that, if I show it to her. So,
1: well, yeah. anyway, Okay, you guys, <laughs> I thank you for being <laughs> thank you for being an engineer. I think one oh, of yeah one of the things the beauty of of uh, mankind, humans, is, is that we're all wired a little differently and have different passions and different skills. And um, I think it's part of what makes makes us all human oh. and makes it makes it interesting too so absolutely
0: um, and I, it, I
1: i i boring. You know, sometimes people some i appreciate the call jim it's like sometimes was like wow Scott. i'm kind of i don't know how you do what you do there and i think you know i don't i look at things like things that get engineered and built i'm like mm-hmm. how in the world do they do that like you build these bridges and stuff like it's just it's just baffling to me making products and stuff yeah look at my iphone like the amount of engineering that goes into something like this, it's just, I don't even understand it. You're looking at me like I'm... Are you having a moment here, Scott? <laughs> what do you mean? Are you, like,
2: you're really introspective? You're just, like, kind of sappy-eyed out there's so many different types of, types of people in the world that bring different skill sets in order to make society better? A little bit... You want a moment alone? You no. Do? Okay. All right. But... There's a couple of things I do
1: want to talk about uh, before we take some more calls. And if you want to join us, 833 99 Worth gets you here on All Worth's Money Matters. Um, precious metals. Yeah. Silver and gold.
2: The precious at this point in time.
1: Which has been, and silver's never been a, first of all, let's kind of take a step back. Regardless of what people, you might hear people say and what is kind of like common wisdom like gold has
2: not been a great hedge against inflation and i heard the ad the other day that said that it was some claim that it had beat the market all for all these time periods over a long period of time but except for (laughs) <laughs> Except when it didn't. Except when it didn't. It, it was so painful then that anybody saw the game. And sometimes it could beat an index, but they, if you don't measure uh, dividends from your investments, it, it changes the outcome as well.
1: Well, there's no question about it, Pat. That it um, gold has not been a great. So gold just hit a uh, a new high recently. New and when high. When I say, it, it, but it had been, it had been years.
2: Yes. Since it had. Um, but people get excited about gold and silver as a hedge for inflation. But historically, th- that is the story. But realistically, it doesn't always bear fruit. And when, you th- when I think about gold and silver, there's going to be changes in prices. And it will fluctuate up and or down. But it isn't much different than almost any other commodity in the world. Which is, if the price goes high enough, people will actually get into that business and actually drive the price lower. Because what determines the cost of gold and silver, or the price of gold and silver over a long period of time, is the cost of getting it out of the ground. That's, That's it. You can argue otherwise. And it probably wasn't that way 200 years ago because the technology didn't exist to identify big caches of gold, and make it efficient to get it out of the ground. But in today's environment, it's no different than oil. It's no different than cotton. It's no different than olive oil. It is no different than a hundred other commodities.
1: Or we can just look at and say, how much should we produce? What's the cost going to be? And the lower the price, the more challenging it is. Like, and you mentioned oil, like all these fracking companies and pipeline companies going bust because the price got too low. When the price of oil was over 100 bucks a barrel, it was the mad, mad rush. It's like the gold rush. Yeah, And oil.
2: this isn't a thousand years ago where gold was one of the only currencies that was recognized beh- between countries, right? This is today. And so when people get excited about it, the gold price, I think, you know, it's going to, if it goes too high, it's going to come down. Well, the
1: reason I wanted to discuss it today and the reason I brought okay. it up now is because my concern is that there are going to be investors that are going to, because we've seen it over the years. Whenever pri- It's not when prices are going down do people come and say, hey, what do you think? Should I add some gold in my portfolio? It's when prices are going up to my point. So gold was, and I'm Gold was $1,900 an ounce in the summer of 2011, nine years ago. And just past that in the last few weeks, right? So it's so a couple thousand bucks, a little more than that now, whatever. But so five, in the 2011, it was 1900 bucks an ounce. And that essentially fell for many years before it started kind of climbing back up in the last few years. Uh, but if you look at the amount of money that is, and, to, and let me put things into further perspective, right? So Obviously, had you bought it in 2011, and it just now got back to what you paid for it, paid you no rent along the way, paid you no interest along the way, paid you no dividends along the way. Paid you nothing. Paid you nothing. But now, after 11 years, it's finally back up. And if you look at it for uh, even a longer period of time, if you bring, if you, so it's, it's not a good hedge for inflation. If you go back to 1980, this is according to an article in the Wall Street Journal. Gold, if adjusted for inflation, has returned an average of 0.4%.
2: Adjusted for inflation since 1980. Versus a,
1: adjusted for inflation versus positive annualized returns of almost 8% for U.S. stocks, roughly 6% for U S bonds and 1.2% for
2: cash on it. The last 40 years on an inflation adjusted basis. So that means real purchasing power since 1980
1: when inflation was high. So we go back 40 years. It has earned you. It's close to zero.
2: It's been a store of wealth. Yes. That's it.
1: Has earned nothing.
2: So what do you say to those people that say, I want to have physical gold in my home in case Armageddon comes. Let me finish this. But okay. So if you look at the money
1: that's going into it, so what we're seeing now is investors like to buy high because you can chart the stuff out. And you can see particularly either with mutual fund flows or with ETFs, where, where's the money going? Right now, it's going into exchange-traded funds that, uh, that deal with gold. Uh, uh so if we look at um there's 100 and, uh, there's 215 billion dollars uh, at least of a couple of weeks ago in ETF uh, gold funds these are it's essentially it's a liquid way to buy gold it's a uh, exchange traded fund it's going to track gold within less than a. And they're a, supposed 100%. to
2: actually some physical gold yeah. that's it's supposed to be some physical gold that sits behind it. Uh so 215 billion a year ago it was 118
1: billion. And a fifth of the money has flown in since flowed in since January first of this year. Wow, almost doubled. People are throwing in money now that prices are high. See how this ends. And silver's kind of a, it's. I think silver's up even more. I don't pay much attention to silver. But here's how you make money in gold or silver, or platinum or diamonds or curious. You find somebody who is willing to pay more for it than you did, and
2: you sell it to that person. Because it is a store. It is not a factor of production.
1: It produces nothing, pays no interest, pays no rent. Yes.
2: You buy a company, stock. Listen, if you want to do a gold play, buy a gold mining company. Invest in mutual funds that if you're going to play gold. First
1: of all, do it with a small percentage of your portfolio and realize –
2: I didn't say... Do it the percentage of your portfolio that you can afford to lose. I didn't say you should. You're speculating. I didn't say you should. I said, if you're going to want to play the gold markets, if you're going to, I'm not saying you should. I don't do it. (laughs) I don't do it. At least you get a little bit of bump. It's a little bit more risky to play the gold mining stocks versus just gold itself. But you have a factor production there. If you're going to buy
1: there. stocks, look, the last forty years—you think that's many market cycles? Forty years. Yes. Forty years, you've had stock market crash of '87, Gulf War one and two. You had dot-com bubble. You had the great financial crisis. You had the COVID. And you've had the COVID, right? And but if you in stocks, these are owning large U.S. companies. United States companies, broadly diversified. You've done about 8% through all that versus gold. And so when we talk about on our program, which we talk about a lot, and we talk a lot about with our clients, if we've got 12,000, 13,000 clients that we we, are, we steward their finances. The, the, the concept of is not trying to time markets because it's impossible to time any market, whether it's the stock market or the gold market. So, gold's been going straight up.
2: Who knows what it's going to be worth tomorrow or next week or a quarter from now or next year? And so, these are ETFs. This doesn't even, Scott, exchange traded funds direct in the market. This doesn't even measure the people that are trying to store physical gold. Right? That's correct. This isn't.
1: But if you're And I'm sure there's a lot more of that. I mean, there's a lot more gun sales going on right now, there's too. There's a lot more gun sales. And by sale. the way, if you're going to have physical gold, you know, with physical guns too to protect yourself.
2: Yes, but if you're going to have physical gold, you're better off actually investing the money in storing shelf stable food and water. And um, I watched a show the other you mean day it's about that these. Bad? Yeah, the gold's not gonna. You, you can't eat gold. You can't shoot gold. You can't. Gold sits there. It's it's not so like gold a, is going to be the fiat currency if the world comes to an end. It could be baked beans. <laughs> you, could, you, do, you do have a point, right? Right. Maybe gold will be worthless. Yeah, it could be, truly, it could be dry beans, which is the currency, or flour, or if the world comes to an end. I certainly... Have, it was salt at one point in time. It was salt. Where's the word salary come from? comes from the word salt. Guy's okay, not worth his weight in salt. No, not worth his, his weight in salt, right? Right? It's what... So I doubt gold becomes a fiat currency at the end of the – anyway, this is some dark conversation, isn't it? Well, no, because these are the – this is what drives people to buy gold.
1: They they rationalize it with those sort of things. If things get that bad – gold right now is on fire. I think there's going to be a lot more movement to gold is what people are telling them. I don't know what they're saying.
2: Oh, if I thought the world was coming to an end, I wouldn't get an ounce of gold. I'd get a big luxury bunker. Nice. Nice, nice (laughs) Nice. (laughs) bunker, Big screen TVs. Well, with lots and lots of uh, stored data that I could watch the same thing. Happy Gilmore all over day, Groundhog Day all over again. I'd get that, I'd get food, and I'd get water and water purification. And I wouldn't tell anyone where it was at. And I'd probably get some guns, but I'm not a fan of the, uh, I'm glad other people have guns, I just don't have any myself. Uh, just because it's their right. right. So anyway, this is just a, um,
1: just a good watching gold. You just wonder- want. Anyway, maybe we beat this this yeah. thing to death, but I get concerned, and there's going to be I of our there, there will be investors at retirement stage that are going to not not speculate around the edges, but are going to take bets in their portfolios on a commodity price that is moving up. And anytime you make a bet, you gotta ask yourself if I'm wrong here, what impact is this gonna have on my finances and my life? Anyway, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, we will talk take some more calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth is the number. This is all worth's money matters. <laughs>
0: Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com/radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast.
1: Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad Evans uh, still with us as we are talking about
2: financial stuff. Right there. Right there. It's, I was just checking. Did you do that on pr- purpose to start the show while I'm checking my emails? Did you notice? it?
1: That- uh, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I didn't know what you're doing. I thought you're playing Minecraft. Okay, birds, Angry Birds, <laughs> Is that still Solitaire, or something like that. Still around. Anyway, but I, it was. I remember Solitaire. I remember we had a kid who worked for us. We were still kids then. Twenty-five. You know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I, I know. forget the guy's name. Bryce. <laughs> you remember his name? Don't say any last name. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> do you remember his last name? Uh-huh. You do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't remember his last name at all. Uh, but we. we- <laughs> He walked by in the middle of the day, and he's got the solitaire on his computer screen. In the middle of the day. Maybe, maybe he wasn't feeling too empowered at his job or something. I don't know. Maybe he needed more direction.
2: Yes. We were, you know, that was 25, at least 25 years ago. We, we What do we have, three or four employees? I, don't know. I just thought everyone worked really hard and knew what to do. I do remember, Pat, I remember we had we had like two employees
1: at the time. And uh, we hired somebody who said they, they had all these computer skills, this woman. And then she couldn't, she didn't know how to use the mouse,
2: didn't know how to turn the, I mean, to have, it was clear she had zero computers. And this was a long time ago. Like when Computers were in offices, but I don't know how widely they were, you know. They should, she should have known how. We had it at every
1: desktop and she told us Every, that she, a desk yeah she told us that she knew how to in their interview said she did so she um clearly after like 2 or 3 days it was quite obvious that there was no future for her at Allworth <laughs> yes <laughs> which was then called handsome McLean. so unfortunately we had to say sorry but um i was thinking to myself had you not lied to yeah. us when we hired you we wouldn't have to be firing you but you are now fired and then um she cl- she claimed unemployment again. after her.
2: 3 days of employment
1: and so i was young and dumb at the time and called up unemployment, the, the, whatever the department was, and talked to somebody there saying, hey, but yeah, she lied on the application. So she lied. The, the person said, well, that's irrelevant. She says, what kind of training program do you have for this employee? I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, what training do you have? Computer training do you have for this employee? We have three employees. I'm like, I'm twenty seven years old, I've got three employees. I don't have any training. <laughs> I'm looking for people who are already trained who have the skill set. I'll pay a little above average a little above for those who have the skill set, but we need people with those skill set. We're not a training company here. And she's well then you're And so we ended up
2: having to pay Yeah, whatever our, whatever, our, whatever, our unemployment yeah, whatever, premium whatever, went up. Whatever the whole thing was. But it was yeah. one of
1: the it was just it was a as a early on in business kind of realizing some of the um
2: pitfalls yeah so after that we instituted some sort of testing
1: <laughs> i think now, i don't know what
2: I'm assuming that people who uh
1: well we've got great people now yes. we have over we have over two hundred employees and we have uh they're they're all i'm actually great
2: people. thankful that I started the company because quite frankly I think the chances of uh all worth hiring me today are minimal.
1: oh, you would never get a job here no
2: <laughs> I, I lack all the skills I look for <laughs> in others. <laughs> What are your computer skills? Oh, almost not. (laughs) Are you punctual? Probably not. (laughs) Do you follow direction well? What do you mean by that? (laughs) Truly. I think you You think you provide some other value. I here. know. Do you think outside the box? I only think outside the box. <laughs> I am outside the box. That's I live out of that box. So when you try to throw me in the
1: box, I don't do well. I, yes. All right. Let's uh, take some calls because we are way off topic, as typical. Eight three three ninety nine worth is going to get you on the program here. Let's talk with Terry. Terry, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Uh, good morning. Hi, Terry. I.
4: You're kind of... Um low on volume so i can barely hear you but i'm 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 listening oh okay
1: well how can we help you
4: um i have um i have a balanced i believe portfolio and i'm interested in um maybe investing in some REITs
1: why are you interested in investing in REITs what has brought you to this point
4: I have, um, well, I was going to put some money away in, I have some cash, I was going to put it in a money market, and I, I just don't feel comfortable putting more in stocks or bond, bonds right now, and so um, I would just, I thought about diversifying a little bit more, and the read I'm interested in is not a REIT in buildings but in warehouses is
3: it, right it now? is it
2: a traded REIT or a non-traded REIT could you uh, is was this presented to you by a broker or salesperson of some yes, sort it, it was. was and uh, what is the share price per share of this REIT is it $1000 or $100 i'm not
4: sure
2: i have to find that out okay and the person that's recommending this to you, have you bought financial products from them in the past? Yes. And what kind of products did you buy from them in the past?
4: Well, I have my stocks. Okay. I have uh, my stock, my um my retirement.
2: How do they charge uh, uh, you? Pardon? How do they how do they get paid? This person that's recommending this, how do they get paid? Do they get paid how commissions they, or a they fee? Get
4: paid? They get paid a per- percentage
0: of okay. the,
2: Okay, so they're they're not – so our fear is that you're buying a non-traded REIT. Even if you bought a non-traded REIT from an RIA, they can sell non-traded REITs, and what they do is forego the commission and charge you a fee in order to manage the non-traded REIT.
1: I have a bigger concern here. Terry, you have a financial advisor that you've hired to do this work for you. And you're making recommendations. So you're either not trusting this advisor because you're calling us. For, you're either not trusting this advisor or
2: the advisor's is relying upon you to make the decision. So imagine this was a doctor-patient relationship. <laughs> and I went into the doctor and he said or she said, Pat, I need you to do this. I need you to quit eating so much fatty food. I need you to exercise more and I want you to take this medication. And I said to him, oh. Or worse, he says,
1: why don't you consider this medication? See if this is something
2: you would like to take. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? What would I say to that doctor? I'd say, what are you talking about? Or I have three options for you, Pat.
1: Penicillin, amoxicillin, or whatever. (laughs) Tetracycline.
2: (laughs) Which one would you like? Which one would you like? I, I, I was, a, as a patient, would look at him and think, you're out, or her, you're out of your mind. So, you, what you said is you went to your advisor and said, I want to put some money in, I've got you some said, money You
1: said, I'm not really comfortable having more stocks and bonds. More bonds. And, and then... <laughs>
4: And I was going to put it in a CD, and then they, they, had, they dropped. They've dropped in rates in, you know. The, Why? Uh, pardon?
2: Why? Why, Why did not? they drop in rates?
4: Well, they were higher before.
2: I understand. But presumably, anything that's higher than a bank rate CD has a given amount of risk. And yeah. the question is,
1: and the Fed the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates in order to spur on more investments to get more people to take their money out of savings low yielding products and put them areas that could presumably help grow the economy. So as a matter of course
2: rift. If you were going to buy, so the answer to your question is if you were going to buy a REIT, make sure it's a non traded REIT. I mean a traded REIT? Traded REIT. Probably it has be to be traded, which means it's priced on an exchange. You can buy and sell it in a moment. Just notice. like
1: buying Ford Motor Company or Any Chevron other or
2: IBM or. But more Apple. importantly than that is you need to examine your relationship with your advisor.
4: Okay. Because
2: he, he or she. Um, You shouldn't be making, you know, when I say this, this happens all the time with our clients is they should I put this in the portfolio? And we say, well, this is why I would or wouldn't. But by the way, if we thought you really needed it in the portfolio, we'd have it in the portfolio. So if it's not in the portfolio, we don't believe it's actually adding value to the portfolio. And they say, well, it has a higher rate of return. And you say at what cost, right? So, it depends on – you believing that REITs may be less risky than bonds or stocks is probably a fallacy.
4: Oh, okay.
2: Right? I don't care what it is because it still has the interest rate risk. It still has the interest rate risk that bonds do.
1: So when we as a firm use – so I mean to answer your question, that we would emphatically say no, don't buy that because we don't recommend that. So. I mean, when we have REITs in our portfolio, we use an index fund that has a broad variety of different types of publicly traded REITs, where we can buy in today and sell tomorrow. That would be our approach to owning real estate investment trusts. Okay. But but, but the bigger issue, I really think it's y- y- your relationship with your advisor. Is you shouldn't be asking. You shouldn't have to ask these questions. Yeah. You should say, "Here's my concern, and here's why I'm worried about this." And then you should have a financial plan designed to either help you understand where the risks are, or, or mitigate those risks. So you've got a plan so you can go move forward with confidence and not worry about your finances, not worry about if the Dow's down 500 points tomorrow, and not worry about all those other things because you've got a solid plan in place that's designed to weather whatever storms may come. Well,
4: that's I what do. a good. F- I have that. I have that then I had this money that set aside that was savings. I mean, on, on top of savings. Uh-huh. Well, why I don't
1: know. I would add it to the current mix you got.
2: Poor, I mean. Either that or keep it in savings.
1: Oh, okay. There's nothing to tell me that uh, owning warehouses is any more or less risky than other areas. Okay. of the market. Okay.
2: I certainly wouldn't buy an individual uh, REIT. And I certainly uh, wouldn't. I have
1: traded
2: one. And if it was set aside for cash, just because you're unhappy with the yields on it, doesn't mean that you should actually change the investment strategy.
4: Okay.
2: A right.
1: return, don't always, don't, don't, a return of principle
2: is more important than a return on principle.
1: Cash pretty much pays nothing right now, but you're guaranteed it. Matter of fact, The federal government even says, "Hey, if this institution goes bust, we're going to step in and make it good. It is as safe as you can be." And once we move out of that, your money could be worth more or less. And so you just need to ask yourself those questions. So, anyway, appreciate the appreciate the call, Terry. You know, it's it's, well, the investor psychology that being an investor is not easy because there's always there's Things that kind of are yanking at us all the time saying we need to change this or do that or I should be doing this and I mean we're 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 designed as humans to minimize risk and to run away from danger. Most people. Okay, most people. <laughs> I did see that movie Free Solo. Yeah. That guy Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> he <didn't>. Wow. <laughs> he, he didn't He runs to the risk, right? Yeah. Most of us try to avoid risk, minimize risk in our lives. And in with as an investor Investors, we need to have some degree of risk. And when things are painful, we need to stick with our plan and not abandon the plan, which makes makes things challenging and
2: difficult. Scott, you mentioned free solo. I don't think he ran to the risk. I think he might have had uh, confidence or overconfidence in his ability yeah, okay. to perform, which is a, a lot of investors have exactly the same thing.
1: Well, um, his. I mean, I'm no medical expert, but they they <laughs> – He said his brain is missing the part of the the part of your brain where you can measure risk.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's not there for him. So, but but overconfidence in an investor is is a dangerous thing as well. Oh, totally. You ask the average person in America who's investing the money if they're better than average, and they will tell you much like they're drivers. Like if you ask someone, "Are you a good driver?" Everyone thinks they're the better drivers than average quite frankly i'm not a very good driver i'm going to just come right out there <laughs> i've never known you've been in an accident i know but I, I i i have a lot of close calls i don't pay enough attention <laughs> <laughs> it's not that i'm looking at a phone or anything i'm just not thinking about it anyway let's right. go to the calls yeah. if you'd like to join the show how would you do that we have 83399
1: worth is the number to join us that'll join you put, us, put you on with all worth financial Let's talk with Sue. Sue, you're with Scott Hanson and Pat McLean, worth Money Matters.
5: Yes, I have a question for estate planning. So my question is, what's the benefit of doing a TOD or DOD on the deed of a house?
1: So a transfer of death. So the benefit of having a title on title where you have a, a piece of property transferred to somebody else, it avoids probate.
5: And versus having a will and having the estate or a home put in a will.
1: Well, every state is different. What state do you reside in,
5: California.
1: Okay, so in California, probate can be costly and lengthy. My father passed away in December with a... Modest home in Los Angeles, which was priced ridiculous because it was in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, I
5: went through that with my father, so I understand. But and the question I have. That is, is your question. Versus a will versus a will versus the TOD or DOD.
1: Yeah, he's going I Scott's, was trying to explain how. He's going to answer.
5: So, okay. The
1: state judge is the one who decides uh, where the asset goes, and it goes through this process called probate. My own personal experience is taking one year. To go through probate, so there's a court date. It's roughly one year in. So you ask the question: even if you have a will, that's with with with, a will. That's with a will. There was a will. That is with a will. That is with a a will. A judge has to look at the will and says, "Yes, this is great. It goes to the probate. It has to wait, and someone has to stamp that thing, and then it can be
2: distributed. That can take up to a year. So a TOD happens automatically now. Depending on the size of the estate, how much is the size of the estate that we're talking about? Is it one property? Is it a bunch of accounts? What's the size of the estate?
5: It's a it's accumulating, so I haven't we haven't decided yet how this, that part was this, going
1: to go. Is this your home?
2: Yes. And what, so, are you worth a million, two million, five hundred thousand, including the value of the home? What that that will help us. Drive. It'll be
5: over a million. Okay, now you need, you a, need a living
2: trust. You need a living trust.
5: So even with the TODs, yeah. What about your other assets? What about everything else? Um, I did TODs on accounts and all kinds of other things already.
2: And you have a power... how many?
1: How many beneficiaries are
2: there?
5: Just two.
2: You could do it that way. Do you have power of? A, uh, do you have durable power attorneys as well as the trust?
5: Yes. No, you well, could. Well, TODs. I don't oh. have to have a trust, and I don't have to have a will.
2: Understand, but a durable. Well, you power... need a
1: will for your other assets. You can't TOD um, your family heirlooms. You can't DOT the... Yeah, but just, I did...
5: Okay, but okay. I did okay. TOD I, I, I know vehicles.
1: what? Sue, 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 I don't know why you called this. You just oh. want to...
2: So, well,
5: I'm just asking Sue, the benefit of it, and well, you're saying that it's better to do it... Than, that's right. ...than try to go through probate or somewhere else.
2: Yeah, yeah That's what we said. In our opinion, if your estate is well, And worth we're not attorneys, so this isn't ...over a legal half a million thing. dollars, and there's more than just a home, I would encourage my clients to do a living trust. As would I. And the reason is, it's clean. It's easy. It's easy to change. If you you change the beneficiaries, easy to change. It's easy to change assets in and out of it. It includes a pour-over will in most circumstances that picks up everything that was left out of the estate accidentally and dumps it into the living trust. Now, the least expensive way to do it is exactly what you're doing. It's exactly what you're doing. So you
1: you, you, you decide. Yeah. Appreciate, so appreciate the call. The call. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then uh, let's uh, let's continue on with calls. Let's head to uh, Northern California and talk with Dee. Dee with
6: Allworths Money Matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Thank you for taking my question. Thank you. I recently retired from a local police department and I didn't max out my pension percentage. So I am on a sole fixed income. And I did plan on contingency with investments, cash, and 457 investments, and I did work four or enough quarters to be eligible for Social Security to supplement what I'm not maxing out with my pension, um, but I'm affected by the windfall elimination provision, so that's going to be like grocery money. Okay. <laughs> so I called PERS, and they said, based on the governor's budget that he released yesterday, the $2.4 billion in supplemental payments that they're not getting will not affect my fixed income payments or disbursements as of yet. Um, with the whole coronavirus and everything, if the state should go bankrupt, um, that would drastically affect my pension, I'm certain. And so my question is, should I actually move to um, a no- Personal income tax state to put some ease on my cost of living. Um, if I have no uh, real estate in California and I move all my accounts to that state and things of that nature to make it more efficient for me to live on my sole income.
2: Maybe. What's your uh, what What do you expect your income to be next year, assuming okay. everything comes my in? On the
6: web, so my next year. I'm have... sorry. Next year, with my pension.
2: Yeah. Everything coming in. How old are you?
6: I'm 58. Okay. And um, I retired and I have, I, I wasn't medically retired, but I do have a heart condition that would make my skill set probably not a good thing to start up again in uh, any other capacity similar to that. Um, but I still could work. Um, and so I'd probably get about $110,000 uh, in the next year.
1: How much is your pension? That's it. Your pension's 110000 Mm hmm. Okay. I thought you said you didn't maximize your... How many uh, yeah. years did you have
6: with the police department? I had um, 25 and a half, oh, okay. but I also was in public safety as a dispatcher for a brief time, and I bought my military service credit. Ah, brilliant, good brilliant. brilliant, 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 very, brilliant. So very it good. added up to 80, almost 87%.
2: Okay, let's ask these questions then. Uh, how, much, how much did... How,
1: what portion of this pension is of your additional contributions for the military, do you
6: figure? Uh, I mean, if, 4.78 at okay. 2%, so Not, maybe 9.5%. Okay.
2: okay, all right. So, uh, and you retired at 2%, 27 at 2 And what town? I is, retired where city did
6: at do I do? 3% with my police service, Okay, and then my dispatch service was at 2%, and my military service credit was at
2: 2%. Good job.
6: So it's, yes. a, it's a, a big basket of different well, uh, calculations.
1: And you, ha- you said you have money in your deferred comp plan? Oh, yeah. How much? I'd get that. I'd move that to an IRA if you're at all concerned about what you just said.
2: That's fair.
6: Um, I actually have all my money invested with Allworth right now, and oh. my financial advisor is doing a fabulous job okay. for me. So, <laughs> so it's, that's kind of like I, my contingency. Oh, okay,
1: okay. So when you said deferred comp, I was thinking the 457 plan with the state of California?
6: Oh, yeah. I I took it out of okay. Uh, okay. the city. The city had a company that they used, and so I pulled it all out I of there. Got it and then invested it with Yeah, and you
1: know it's a bizarre time when we're sitting... you know when you think of when you step back and think about your concern at this point. Valid. I know, but it's it's valid. I know it's just it's kind of hard to believe that we're having these conversations.
2: So, uh, do you own a home? I do. And was it paid And I for don't it? have a mortgage on it. Okay, so 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 out of all the 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 hundreds and thousands of people that we talked to over the years, um Again, how you're doing great? How much did you say you had in your IRAs, which were previously your deferred comp? How much do you have in there?
6: In all the money that I have invested right now, um, I took a pretty good hit in the market, uh-huh. and it's slowly coming back. But I think I'm at uh, a little over four hundred thousand right now.
2: You're fine. Only move if you want to move.
6: Really? I wouldn't be doing yeah. it for
2: economic reasons. You've got one of the best pensions in the United States. Uh, albeit, there's were, not enough money to really back it. Were um, you a police right. uh, police officer? Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you for that.
1: So I'm just thinking when when it's time when <laughs> it's um, all this it's this, this, this all political, right? This, yeah. All this is all going to be political. It's 100 mm-hmm. percent political. So when we're looking at when when society at large says we're let's if we're at that point we're going to say we're going to have to start taking away benefits that were promised. I think. Police workers are probably going to be some of the last on the list.
2: And retired police workers yes. will be the last on the list. Yes. People that haven't accrued benefit. So, under, as you're aware, under California state law, and it's now actually in California uh, State Supreme Court, arguing whether you can change benefits that have not been actually accrued yet, which means— mm in a private sector they would come into these pension plans and say hey i know we made you this promise but it stops today everything that accrued to this point in time is yours everything going forward is not yours that's
1: right oh and by the way if mm-hmm. you you were invested until age 50 and you're 48 years old so sorry you'll never be vested that's that, what's happening in the that's what's that, happening in the private what it happened? hasn't worked
2: in in the public sector based upon some uh, legislation that passed under the Pete Wilson era um, and California, California supreme court so Uh, For everyone else in the United States, sorry for having to listen to this. We live in California. We actually track it pretty closely. The, The only reason you should move out of state is if you want to live someplace else. Um,
6: okay. And I don't have long term care insurance. So you've, that you've got a pension pretty of one hundred and ten.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You own a home. You could do and a reverse mortgage and on it. You and you've got a pension.
1: Yeah. You're fine. That'll you're cover, fine. Your pension okay. will cover your long term you care.
2: In, in the scheme of things, as I started to say, you're in the top 5% of all retirees in the United States. The And okay. you work for it and you're a good saver and you worry about it. And you show me someone that doesn't worry about money and I'll show you someone that doesn't have any. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah. you should be proud of yourself. You've done a great job, and only move out of state if you want to live out of state. Okay, but don't do it for economic reasons.
6: All right. Well, thank you for that right. security okay. feeling.
2: Good. Okay, I appreciate the call, yeah, and appreciate you, you being a client of the firm.
1: Yeah, and for your thank service you. as a police officer, I could not imagine.
2: <laughs> I, 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 some
1: of the situations
2: that they're in, oh, I could it's not imagine
1: this, and even today, even more challenging. I it's, think uh, because yeah.
2: um, no win. No win. You're going yeah, to do something wrong. wrong.
1: To this, our conversation we're to having a, here. Is, with
2: the, the financial talk show? <laughs> do <did> we
1: have <laughs> opinions? Of course it's irrelevant. And well, my, my opinions are sometimes irrelevant to our listeners, to you. I apologize. That's, that's and, right. Uh, um, yeah. And some of... I, would, I, I hope that our listeners, that you all judge us based upon what we can provide in the financial realm primarily.
2: Yes. I would hope so, but we do have opinions. We don't necessarily, we should probably stop sharing them as much
0: <laughs> or at all.
2: <laughs> all right.
1: Unfortunately, it's all the time we have. It's been great being with you. We'll see you next week. This has been All Worth Money
0: Matters.